4: So you always follow. Yeah, the money. yeah,
5: this is follow the money with Mitch Moss and Paulie Howard on VSN.
3: Welcome in. It is follow the money here on VSIN the Sports Betting Network. This show is presented by DraftKings. Every Friday at this time, uh, it's a great half an hour, in my opinion. Adam Chernoff joins the program. Excellent NFL mind handicapper, podcaster as well. His podcast is called The Simple Handicap. He joins the program now. Good morning, Adam. How are you today?
5: Good morning. I look weird in the sort of video feed here with no background, but there's a a bit of a life shift going on. We're starting running today. So we've got the office renovation going on, getting a little bit uh, too heavy for the age. So we're trying to correct things before they get too bad.
3: All right. Well, good luck uh, with everything moving forward, obviously. Uh, let's begin with last night's game. Uh, takeaways for you from that game. Uh, it's, it feels like Seattle really let that game get away for like their win total, which I bet at over eight and a half. Uh, I'm scared to death now that gonna be, that's going to be a loser. But also their playoff chances. And how do you... I mean, the defense was a no-show, but Geno maybe played the best game of his life, at him.
5: He really did. And it was against a defense that he historically really has struggled with. Uh, his splits, man versus zone, the most significant in the league. 3.5 yards per attempt against man, 8.5 against zone. That's the biggest discrepancy. And the Cowboys play the most man in the NFL. And he looked really good, and he looked really comfortable. And there was a sort of emphasis on the offense. For the seahawks where pete carroll was calling out shane waldron following the loss on thanksgiving he's saying we want the ball out quicker we want gino throwing it more uh not sitting in the pocket holding on to it gino has one of the longest times to throw in the nfl through 12 weeks he was getting the ball out really fast last night and it looked really good and that was a game where the market disagreed with the seahawks having a chance in it it opened seven got as high as nine and a half And there really wasn't any buyback until we got to 10. And it was kind of the peak for the Cowboys relative to where we have seen them priced the last couple of weeks. That was a big step up. And Seattle really exceeded expectations until they squander it late, obviously. And so now I'm not sure what to make of them going forward because I saw two things. One was that defense was laboring at times. And everyone's healthy. Everybody's out there. And they just couldn't compete at times with Dallas uh, in the game. We had linebackers getting matched up with wide receivers. They just consistently found themselves in mismatches. They now have two more really difficult games in a row that they have to follow this up with. If you end up dropping those two, all of a sudden this team that looked dead set for the playoffs all of a sudden is on the outside looking in. Uh, So two massive games coming up for the Seahawks. Big question on whether or not they can replicate that offensive performance, but defensive issues in a big way for them right now.
2: How about Dak MVP and is Dallas dangerous in January?
5: I, I'm I'm torn on MVP. I have been for weeks. I see Hertz at the top this morning. He's around plus one sixty five. A lot obviously depends on this week. Um, The the big talking point right now is Purdy's too long. He's sitting at 13 to one. What I'm kind of curious looking at this is if the anticipation is that the 49ers win, where does Christian McCaffrey end up falling in with this? And I know his season won't look like the 2012 season for Peterson. Adrian Peterson had like 2,300 yards from scrimmage. uh, But McCaffrey's leading the league in touchdowns. I think he's going to pile up six or seven more the rest of the season. It's going to get him into the low twenties potentially. And I, I, I never want to call for the non QB winning, but that's, that's an interesting split between him and Purdy and how voters are going Mm -hmm. to look at that because just, just watching and reading and getting a sense of everything outside of the people really pushing and making the case for Purdy. McCaffrey's getting a whole lot more attention within this team than I think Purdy is getting. And I wonder how that ends up impacting voters. And so um, I, I really don't think Hertz should be the front runner. Dax, Dax, a tough one, tough one to get there, despite how he has been playing in terms of Dallas in the postseason, This is the one offense that's clicking and you see it look unstoppable at home and it's working out so well. But when I watch like a great chiefs offense, when I watch the Eagles full go, when I see the Ravens fully clicking, like the Cowboys are a team that I, I feel like McCarthy's getting every decision right at the moment and everything's going his way and everything's working and it looks really good. I wonder when it's really tested if he's going to make all the right decisions, because that's really the big doubt around this Cowboys team just from people that I speak with. And so I, I think McCarthy's getting everything right. And I just wonder how long that streak can continue, especially <laughs> if we get to the postseason. Yeah. Uh,
2: take it away. Your, your thoughts on the card this week and, and some of the spreads and maybe mm-hmm. that some of these teams, the, the way they're headed could be worse than what we think.
5: I wish I had a way to sort of accurately look at numbers around this. It's really hard to sort of classify going back in prior seasons where teams were sitting, who was potentially in or out, but we have this group of teams that we know are not good. I I say teams like New England, I put the Cardinals in there, uh, you put the Washington Commanders, right? these are not playoff teams, these are not good teams. But they're all kind of rated market-wise in the range of like 21 to 28. And they have really low ratings. And we see now, coming off a week last week where it was a ton of favorites, everybody was winning. Now we get into this week and we see some like average teams matched up with these bad teams laying monster numbers. And I think there's a really big divide this week from people looking at it saying, well, we saw what happened last week. All the favorites were covering. There were all these popular teams that they were winning easily, covering everybody was getting paid. Like surely that's gonna revert this week. And then you start to look at these games and if you're just following that mindset and you're looking for it to go the other way, you're probably backing some teams that although they're getting a big price, could be a lot worse than they are. And so like perfect example, New England. This team right now is like 24th, 25th in market ratings. Could they be even worse now that they go to Bailey Zappi? Same thing with the New York Jets. They go to Tim Boyle. It's unthinkable. Could Tim <laughs> Boyle really be significantly worse uh-huh. than Zach Wilson? The Arizona Cardinals now have a ton of skill position player injuries. You look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're getting banged up. You have the Washington Commanders making the defensive change. Like, There's a lot of teams here. That could just end up looking a lot worse than they are and these numbers that we're seeing now this week that we're saying how could this team be laying this price if we fast forward two or three weeks there's some situations this week where me we may look back and say how is this team ever laying this price it should have been a whole lot more wow. because these teams are actually much worse than we thought they are so it's a a really kind of tricky week to navigate in that sense with everything that happened last week i think weighing so heavily in so many betters minds and just expecting things to switch when in reality, it's a lot of bad teams right now that could be a lot worse. Well, I don't know.
3: Let me throw another team into the mix here and get your thoughts on it. The Monday night game is it possible. We could be saying that same exact thing about the Bengals in a couple of weeks.
5: Perfect example. So they right now are 24th in market ratings. And a lot of that comes from their defense, which we've seen now just week after week be completely torched by opponents. A lot of them not great either. And so it's a perfect example. Now with the offense, like how big of the drop is it from burrow to Browning? It sure looks like it's a lot bigger than the five or six points that we've seen. And now like you look at this and based on where these teams closed last week, you're like, there's no way that the Jags can get to eight and a half. But the main way that that could happen is if this Bengals team continues to slide because this defense and that rating that is applied to that defense comes back quite a bit and you have a really bad offense on the other side with Browning, I I mean, we might be looking back. We still haven't seen the Jags play like what I would consider a great offensive output. Jags continue sort of piling wins the next couple weeks. We may look at this and say, how was this not 10, 11, 12 at the time based on the way that the Bengals are going trajectory-wise? So, Mitch, I think you're exactly right that that's another perfect example of that this week.
2: Three minutes left. The big one, the rematch Sunday in the afternoon game. I'm sure the public and all the the public and the talking heads on TV have said it all week. How can the Eagles be home underdogs? It's a bad spot. What do you think of the game?
5: Interesting number. So we're out to three now, and it's a three flat. Uh, It was kind of a cheaper three most of the week, and we're really starting to see Niners money continue to pile in. Uh, All the major talking points, the spot for San Francisco, the extra rest against the Eagles, who had the two big games against the Chiefs and the Bills, 160-plus plays on the field for the defense, all of the revenge, the talking points, the press conferences, everything we hear about San Francisco. To me, that's all priced in at this point, if not then some. I think that is why you're looking at this number and you're saying, well, the Eagles getting three at home, really? A lot of that is contributing to this number being where it is. And so I don't think that that in itself is going to get anybody like a a real edge on this game when you're looking at the number where it is, especially now on a Friday morning. To me, the big thing that you can watch for now and kind of speculate around is the Eagles interior defensive line. There's a chance that both Cox and Davis are going to miss this game. And to me, looking at it, the one big advantage that the Eagles potentially had to exploit was getting pressure from the interior of the D line somewhere where Purdy. Has really struggled over the last 16, 17 games that he has been in the league for. The Eagles could have really got that going. You take both of those guys out of the equation, that's going to change what they can do. And they're already weak behind at linebacker with Nicole Dean out. Cunningham is now hurt. We know this is a bad Eagles secondary as is. So if that defensive line, that front seven, that strength is all of a sudden missing a couple key guys, that's enormous uh, working against the Eagles. I I actually think that the total move going up, we saw it now get as high as 48 at some spots. I think that that has been the right move. I think San Francisco is going to be pretty comfortable offensively, as I anticipate probably both of those guys missing. And and on the other side too, I think that this Niners secondary, even with the defensive changes, with Shanahan taking over a little bit more for Wilkes, them dialing back the blitz, I think that this secondary for San Francisco is still exploitable. And so I look at two teams with the biggest weakness, both being in the secondary. I think we could see some points again in this one, especially if the Eagles are behind playing Chase, where they've been a lot quicker and a lot more explosive. So um, I think that total move is right.
3: Excellent analysis. We'll continue one more segment here with Adam Schirnoff. Podcast is called The Simple Handicap. He's on X at Adam Schirnoff. I want to ask him about deciphering information when you hear coaches speak and what that could help you in betting in terms of maybe some player props and also the biggest name to look for today on the injury report coming up next.
2: Juice Reel, a free betting intelligence app and a tool that every better needs, links your betting accounts into one app, delivers in depth analytics on your betting history. At Juice Reel, you have access to the betting history of billions of bets placed by all Juice Reel users. This in depth betting analytics with billions of data points enables you to tail the winning bettors and fade the losers. Robo Jackson. Mitch, we're talking about Robo Jackson, the AI bot hitting 60% through 100 games. Download Juice Reel. Find out for yourself. Download the free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. It's free at Juice Reel. Juice, R-E-E-L. Thanks for coming back. We love you. We continue here
3: with Adam Chernoff. Again, get his podcast called The Simple Handicap wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, he does a lot of uh, free content, writes up a lot of content at uh, the Right Angle Sp- Sports app as well. Here are, uh, before I mention his name, Adam, the targets by game going back at wide receiver. Targets. 16, 16, 14, 9, 10, 9, 11. There was a 5 in there, but then a 20, a 10, and a 9 so far in the season. That's Keenan Allen, who is Mm. by far and away the number 1, the number 2, and the number 3 option in the passing game for the Chargers. It's the guy who Herbert looks to almost every single time he drops back to pass. We don't know if he's going to play or not this week. It's a very key injury report that pops today. Take us through this if he does or if he does not play and what it means.
5: Okay, well, to add on to the targets there, Mitch, it, we have Mike Williams on IR and then Josh Palmer's hurt as well. So those two guys don't count towards this. He has, Dean and Allen, more receiving yards than every other receiver on the roster combined. Oh, that boy. includes tight ends as well when you take away wow. the two guys that are on IR. So he is the entire offense. People love Austin Eckler because of his ties to fantasy, because of how he promotes the game. I get it. He is running like Eddie Lacy. That is just a guy that is slowing down, he's looking rough. That is not the same Austin Eckler that we are used to. And we have seen defenses scheme against him in the past game, and outside of just massive blown coverages where the Chargers time it right, Austin Eckler is not a viable number one passing option in in any game. And so you take Keenan Allen potentially out of this game against the Pats, and you're looking at the Chargers laying A very big number with no main offensive weapon at all. Uh, This is a very, very limited Chargers team. So that injury report today, absolutely massive. I don't think he'll officially be ruled out today. That'll probably come later in the week, but you'll get a good insight of it because he hasn't practiced yet this week.
3: All right, Adam, take us through this uh, Buccaneers-Panthers handicap with Tampa Bay laying five and a half the way it appears um, at most spots. Total is 37. And then you're great at watching, listening, listening, paying attention to press conferences and coaches when they speak. What are some of your tips for the audience there in deciphering what coaches are saying and when they're saying it in a response, uh, as a response, or when they're bringing it up on their own?
5: Yeah, really easy tip that anyone can benefit from. It simply provoked versus unprovoked responses. An example of a provoked response. This is 90 five plus percent of every coach comment you see retweeted on Twitter. A coach is at a podium or a coordinator, and he is asked about a player specifically. Hey, Kyle Shanahan, uh, are you planning to get Christian McCaffrey more involved after a quiet game? Well, of course, Kyle Shanahan is going to say yes, he wants McCaffrey involved because it's a star player. He was asked about him. He's not going to say, "Nah, we're going to move away from him publicly. That's never going to happen. And so, so that's a perfect example of provoked. Unprovoked would be when a coach is being asked a question and he mentions a player without being asked about that player specifically. Smith and Jigba last night, perfect example. Pete Carroll was talking about how the team needed to be better on third down, paused, went into a rant about Smith and Jigba and how great he's been on third down and he needs to get him the ball more. What do we see? Smith and Jigba, a ton of third down targets when the game mattered most. That's a good example of unprovoked. In the Panthers Buccaneers game. We have an amazing example of an unprovoked response from a coach, an offensive coordinator, and an owner on this. And so Frank Reich was fired. It's an offensive reset, motivational reset for the Panthers that they desperately need. It's not going to be a great team, but we are going to see offensive changes. David Tepper, the owner of the team, has a history of middling within offenses for teams that he is been the over owner of in the past. There was a story about how he went down a year ago because he saw the Browns run a play in another game. He handed a cue card to the coach and said, "I want this play run in the game coming up, just random." He's a bit of a control freak from an ownership standpoint. This week, he was in an interview and there was comments that came out about it from insiders for the Panthers who said Tepper wanted more RPOs because he felt that it fit Bryce Young's style of play. And since that comment has kind of been made public, we've heard Chris Tabor, the new head coach who has survived multiple regimes with the Panthers, come in and say, "Is kind of emphasis on RPO here. We want to get that going. We heard Thomas Brown, who's taking play calling duties back, hint at getting the RPO going. We've seen players kind of mention, not directly to that, to sort of protect Frank Reich, saying, that, like, this is something that the team has wanted to do. All of that said and based on the history of this owner and where this is going with this offense changing and now the coach and the offensive coordinator kind of hanging around for their job and trying to earn a spot next year can almost guarantee that they're going to listen to what the owner says and we're going to see RPO usage go up a little bit. So the Panthers have been 16th in that regard so far this season. I think we see a few more opportunities against the Bucs. I like Bryce Young rushing yards over 10 and a half because of that. But on the side, with all the offensive reset, motivational changes, the Bucks having Godwin re-aggravate his neck, Baker Mayfield not 100%. Right. If you're looking at the Panthers plus five and a half this morning, that's another good bet that I like that you can take. I think it closes four or four and a half as injury news mm. comes through. So a prop and a side there uh, for a pick from me.
2: How about the Steeler game?
5: Lots of injuries for the Cardinals. Trey McBride, Marquise Brown. Um, You're also looking at Michael Wilson, wide receiver. He's missing two. I think Brown will play. I think the other two are going to miss. I think this is a spot, again, we talked about those bad teams potentially looking a lot worse. Cardinals got the big offensive uptick with Murray when he came back there just hasn't been a lot of offensive output to match it and so I think the Cardinals are a little bit overrated within the market and last week the Steelers off the offensive reset of their own with Canada out 425 yards but only 16 points and so big offensive output points didn't match it but it was very promising to see how they got the run game going how they finally targeted the middle of the field And now they get a very easy defensive matchup against the Cardinals, who are down some key pieces on that side of the ball as well. Uh, I think the Steelers are the side here, minus five and a half. Uh, But I also like the over at 41-2, so a side and a total for this game.
2: What do you think Sunday night, Chiefs at Lambeau?
5: Surprised to see it come down, honestly. Uh, We had discussions internally. We are going back and forth on the game, usually a lot of Chiefs support internally. uh, And there was sort of a reluctance at seven just anticipation that this might come down. I like the Chiefs here at five and a half. I still like them at six. And I think the Packers are just getting too much sort of credit for their offensive uptick the last couple of weeks. They've played a Chargers defense. that's really bad. They've played a Lions defense. That's incredibly overrated. They played a really bad Rams defense and the Lions went and made a big shift last week. They're a team that plays about 20% man coverage rate. It's one of the lowest numbers in the league. They switched and tried to play man at a 60% rate against the Packers. Why did they do it? Post game, they said that they sort of saw love as being an inaccurate quarterback. They wanted to test these wide receivers. And it didn't work, quite frankly. And it didn't work because the Lions are not a man coverage team. They don't have those guys on the defensive side of the ball that can play that well. The chiefs absolutely do not only are they one of the highest man usage rate teams in the NFL, but they're also very good at doing it, a top three defense. And so this is a big step up for Jordan love. And this offense looks like they'll be without Aaron Jones again. Looks like Jalen Reed is banged up as well. He's uncertain to go. I just, I don't buy this Packers offensive uptick. And for me with the, the game that Pacheco can have here running the ball and the balance that'll give the chiefs offense, um, I like the Chiefs here, minus five and a half, but I would play them at six as well.
2: If DTR isn't cleared, what do you expect out of Flacco?
5: I think he'll be serviceable. I mean, it can't get worse than P.J. Walker. DTR wasn't a whole lot better. I don't think Flacco's going to change the team and change the season, but it's a veteran presence that if they go to him because DTR does not clear protocol, they want it just because he's going to avoid those back-breaking mistakes that we've seen from Walker and DTR. And so I think that this number will come down a little bit further. I think it'll close a flat three. Uh, the price earlier in the week on this one was crazy, but I think it's it's definitely a little bit of an uptick the Browns. Some of that realized, but uh, certainly an upgrade for Cleveland over DTR or Walker.
2: 20 seconds. Why the jet money? And the totals
5: 33. (laughs) I I mean, Ritter on the road and the team that hasn't led or won by margin all season is the simple answer. But can I justify it? No. I I can't believe how bad Tim Boyle looked. And that's not a high bar to exceed versus Wilson. (laughs) So it surprises me for sure.
3: Man, awesome stuff as always. Uh, Get his podcast. It's called The Simple Handicap. You can read free NFL content every week with the right angle sports app as well. Follow him on X. He's at Adam Chernoff. Thanks, pal. Best of luck this week.
5: Thanks very much, guys. Enjoy week 13.
3: The analysis there on uh, Bryce Young and the Panthers. Very good. Uh, Win-lose coming up next. And we'll tell you, like the recent history of uh, rematches in college football, it doesn't go very well.
2: They can all be winners,
1: can they? Loser! You're a loser! Molly Howard recaps the night in sports betting in some, Lose Some.
2: Monster payouts last night. DK Metcalf, first touchdown was 16 to 1. How about three? It was 90 to 1 at DraftKings, oh. it was 120 to 1 at other spots. Our producer Luke saw 150 to 1. Oh, how about it? DK Metcalf. Wow. A lot of people are eating well tonight. Geno Smith anytime touchdown seven to one, halftime full time, Seattle leads at halftime. Dallas wins the game six to one. The alt total over fifty-eight and a half, plus three sixty. First score of the game field goal, plus one thirty-five. Orlando Magic, fifteen and three ATS this year. Hello, Bulls money line, plus three fifty. Embarrassing loss for the Bucs. No DeRozan, no Levine. Bulls win in overtime. The Blazers shot Cleveland. 5-1 on the money line. 103-95. T-Wolves, the one seed in the West. They keep it going. Number one defense. The under, 224 down to 218.5. Rocking chair, 101.90. Lakers thunder over ice cream. 227.5 up to 235.5. 133-110 OKC. Lakers on a back-to-back. You know what was going to happen. Rice from three and a half up to seven and a half, one One by 20. Goal in the first 10. Thanks to Ian Duncan. Seattle, 10 in a row at home. Minnesota, nine and one. St. Louis, nine in a row on the road. Philly, nine and two. Subscribe, be part of the team. VEASAN.com, our radio and podcast friends. You always want to see these tweets and videos. German Shepherds, very smart. My ex had one. Look at this. They put out the treat. They look at the owner. Is it okay? Okay. There <laughs> you go in at this it's synchronized at the same time as the person presents a treat in each hand both dogs look to the owner is it okay yes go ahead and then they both look and grab the treat That'd beautiful. be good for the olympics yeah, yeah right synchronized dog treat uh-huh. eating championships yeah that is beautiful very good number two mimicking the owner look at the husky the guy hopping along he had a problem with his leg he was on crutches and then look at the dog come out, hobbling around. Same fight. Comes the other guy now, right? Yeah, it's a party. We're all dancing, right? He's skipping around one leg. And me too. Okay, that's right. Yeah, we're all dancing. Yeah, here comes the owner now with the leg up. Everybody do it.
4: <laughs> How
2: good is that? <laughs> uh, Husky's also very smart. Uh, that is great. Uh, and then one more. Hello. Right down the road. Look at the Christmas lights. Ethel chocolate. I mean, uh, who knew, right? I mean, the line's backed up for like an hour, two hours to get in. What a beautiful setup with the Christmas lights. And driving through that, take the kids out. Oh, as if we didn't have enough here with the lights and the do in Las Vegas. I've been there before. They do a a bang-up job. Yeah, yeah. That is awesome. Lose some. Pistons. They've lost 16 in a row. They didn't win a game in the month of November. And the under, 223 down to 218 and a half. No good against the Knicks. Cal Davis, Oregon State over, 134 up to 139. 71-59. Seventy-one fifty-nine. Creighton, Oklahoma State over. 138 up to 143.5. 79-65. The Bucks from 7.5 up to 10.5. Couldn't even win the game. Dallas from 6 up to 9. Thanks to Jonathan Davis. The San Jose Sharks are 0-10 on the road. Every game they have been held to one goal or fewer. Shut out four times. One goal and the other six. Shut out in Boston last night. It's impossible. Uh, Lay out... You know, uh, puck line numbers here. Yeah, when they're playing on the road. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, could be bad news for Alabama. No team ranked sixth or worse in the penultimate rankings have made the playoff in college football. Alabama is eighth. We'll see what transpires tomorrow. How about this tweet? This made the rounds yesterday. <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised. Ziegler with the Raiders wanted to trade up and take cj stroud mcdaniels loved garoppolo but he also wanted bryce young so ziggler said okay we can't agree no trade this guy can't evaluate even, anything even when they wanted
3: to trade up to number two yeah right forget still, about number one for a second yeah ziggler still wanted to do number two and then that's why that's when mcdaniel said no i'm good with jimmy garoppolo Yep.
2: Yeah he should never coach ever again absolutely you can can only ride tom brady's coattails for so long yeah and they did this last night multiple times thursday night the steelers host the patriots they were promoting the game and they put up a graphic and it's bill belichick i've never seen that before neither have i the patriots are so bad and they don't have a star they put up belichick as the hey tune in and watch Here's the star angle with the Patriots. They can't even put a player up. Well, no, who would you put up? I, I don't know. I'm gonna put a Matt Jones. He's
3: not even oh, starting this week. Mad.
2: Oh God. Uh. Juice Reel, a free betting intelligent app and a tool that every better needs. Juice Reel links your betting accounts into one app, delivers in-depth analytics on your betting history, and you have access to the betting history of billions of bets placed by all Juice Reel users. This in-depth betting analytics with billions of data points enables you to tail the winning bettors and fade the losers. You also have the AI bot. They use the data from all the Juice Reel bets. Robo Jackson is hitting 60% through 100 games. Download Juice Reel like Orange Juice, Reel, R-E-E-L. Get it free in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Juice Reel. Get up there, Juice Reel. Uh, Good job, Paulie. You are
3: uh, not mailing that segment in yet. I figured once Survivor gets down to like 30 people or you win this oh, thing, stop. I can forget about it with win-lose from... Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> nah, Get out of
0: here. Uh,
3: this is a good job by our producer, Luke. He went back yeah. and tracked like the history of rematches in college football. It doesn't happen very often, but how it would go the second time around. Uh, 2022, I remember this uh, because uh, Alabama played Georgia in the SEC title game, and Bama played the, app, the A game of all A games. That was coming off the Iron Bowl comeback when they should have lost that game. It was at quad OT. The kid steps out of bounds for Albert. Never should have happened. Yeah. Well, they beat him 41-14, and then the discussion was, well, what do you do with the point spread? They just killed Georgia. Well, they played a month later in the national title game. Georgia beat them 33-18. I'm sure you remember this. This 2016 Army in North Texas. Oh, who can forget it? North Texas won the regular season game 35-18. In the heart of Dallas Bowl, Army got him 38-31.
0: 2012,
3: Iowa State and Tulsa. Regular season, Cyclones 38-23. Liberty Bowl, Tulsa 31-17. Now the 2012 SEC matchup here, I'll never forget it because I was so livid. Alabama and LSU. LSU won the regular season game 9-6. Of course, they had to give us both teams in the national title game again that year. Right.
2: Yeah. Michigan played Ohio State. It was 32 29. It was number one against number two. Nah, we can't have a rematch. Can't have it. Don't worry. Nah, it. we we saw that game. Sure. Okay. That was the year Oklahoma State, right? Yeah. They were Whedon. Whedon and, uh, and and Blackman. Yeah.
3: They were awesome offensively. Awesome. Um and Alabama got them in the national title game twenty-one nothing. Anyway, you go back two thousand ten. Nebraska, Washington, they split two thousand and eight. Houston Air Force, they split 2008, Navy and Wake Forest, they split in 07. BYU and UCLA, the same thing. You have to go back all the way to uh, another matchup in 2007 to where the team actually swept. That was Purdue against Central Michigan. They played in the regular season. It was 45-22, Boilermakers. In the bowl game, the rematch, they beat them, but it was much closer, 51-48. In 04, Miami swept Florida State. And in 2004, Maryland swept West Virginia convincingly, 31-7, and then 41-7 in the Gator Bowl. So does that mean anything? Do you throw it in the garbage yeah. this week for, tonight for the well, Pac-12
2: title game? No, I think it means something. I mean, it's very thorough. Great job by Luke, but you just see how tough it is to, to win that second game. We start tonight, 7 Eastern. Liberty beat New Mexico State 33-17. They're laying 11 and a half yeah. We know what happened in the first meeting with Oregon and Washington. Toledo beat Miami of Ohio in a low-scoring game the first time. Toledo, tomorrow morning, laying seven and a half. So those are a couple that come into play here uh, this weekend. For those of you just tuning in, you can,
3: uh, of course, catch the uh, podcast. Wherever you listen to your podcast, all you have to do is search, follow the money. We had Circus Sports oddsmaker, longtime Las Vegas oddsmaker, Nick Bogdanovich on the show a little bit earlier today. He said... That he made the number seven in that game, Oregon seven, but he also put a caveat on that and said that he would not take Washington plus thirteen. He's one of the doubters. He's one of the naysayers on this Huskies team. Current form, schedule doesn't think that they've been impressive enough. Yeah, um, I don't.
2: I don't get it. There's been a lot that. of yeah, a lot of anti-Washington stuff this week. So Stanford, Steve, bringing up the I don't know if Penix is healthy. Okay, um, beat Boise fifty-six nineteen. Beat. How good is the Arizona win? oh uh, yeah. That's no, strong. I wouldn't want if they, well, it's too bad it's not the pool twelve team playoff. I wouldn't want to see Arizona. They wanted Arizona by seven. Then the Oregon game. Struggle with Arizona State, struggle with Stanford, beat USC, scored fifty on the road, beat Utah, beat Oregon State, then the Apple Cup. Yeah. It's a good resume. Yeah. It's really it's better than Oregon's it's, it's resume. It's better than Michigan's. I
3: mean, oh, easily. No doubt better no than question. Michigan's. Yes.
2: Enjoy it tonight, my friend. Hope it lives up to that. I hype. hope it's a good one. I mean, if it's as good as the first
3: game, I mean, it's going to be an unbelievable three hours, I think, tonight out here watching that game live. Uh, In-pocket plays, what we're betting, what we've added uh, for the weekend. Coming up here and Follow the Money, it's VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: if his girlfriend was not these games are a burial a blowout a human lock you can bet your children's unborn children's children on these games I was so good that whenever I bet I could change the odds for every bookmaker in the country
2: you know it Ace split last night longest made field goal over 47 and a half yards couldn't get there boy Myers has the yips huh I oh. would. I would look at a different kicker. I would too. He cost you the game against the Rams, and then he missed a chippy last night. What happened night? there? Who took the timeout? Uh,
3: the, there was a timeout that happened.
2: I think right before that. I can't recall. Anyway, okay. I can't recall. Sorry. And Dak has been hot, red hot. No interception caches. A dollar ten. Oh, the same game parlays that must have come in last night. Everything over. Oh, Lamb touchdown yards over Metcalf. Metcalf went over his prop on the first catch. Uh, good point. Because it's fifty-nine and a half. and a half. start things Metcalf, anything Geno. Yeah, you start to tie in like two plus it's touchdowns then, yeah. for a guy like yeah. that. It
3: comes in. Then a popular guy yeah. like Lamb, Pollard, you know, the whole thing.
2: All right. Eclectic mix as always. Some new stuff. We're going Championship League tomorrow. Leeds and Middlesbrough over two and a half goals, minus 150. I think there'll be plenty of goals in that one. This... This has gone up. We've seen some steam. It's gone up. The Iowa team. I'm, I have to go over. If I lose, it's hilarious. Tomorrow night, the Iowa first half team total is. A, it was a half. It's two and a half now. It takes the safety out of play, which is a killer. But over two and a half minus one twenty. I can't kick a field goal. Hey, I can't. That actually makes it funnier if you do I lose. I know. I lose by two. Yeah, At, the two. Yeah, and that's the, definitely in play. Uh, with this team, it's Iowa. Yeah. One play away from being eleven and one. Michigan allowing ten points per game. I think it's hilarious that that McNamara has come out and said, "Oh, I got info. Oh, I'm going to tell them how to beat Michigan and go against my four Like, right? Everyone's like, "Yeah, like it matters." Here we go. Here we go. Steelers five and a half against Arizona. Uh, Laying it with the points. It'll be a survivor play as well. Let's go. All these guys out for Arizona. Horrible defense. 31st in EPA per play, last in pressure rate, Ertz released. I'm glad you
3: liked the here we go because uh, it was insufferable last night with Prescott on every single play. Yeah. They
2: got to somehow cut that out. Michigan first half, lane 13 and a half against Iowa. I think it's going to get ugly and out of control. And Harbaugh back. I like what Stanford Steve said. Michigan could get this total themselves. I wouldn't be surprised. Remember, Penn State was 31-0. And then the stuff from earlier in the week, I don't get the jet money. It doesn't make any sense. Who knows? Boyle could be worse than Wilson, right? And I know Ritter and Atlanta struggled on the road. But I'll take the Falcons. I don't have it memorized, guys. The next... uh, Okay. Uh, Atlanta lane three. Oklahoma's up to 16 now. My God. Oklahoma State plus 14. But I do have... I have Texas to win the Big 12. Uh, Tim Murray put me on that. Tulane laying four. Willie Fritz doing an incredible job. It was fifty nine twenty four last year, and you have Jennings, the backup quarterback, in. Now that Paul Stone's son is out, and Oregon to make the playoff, no plus two twenty, and that's uh, that's gone up now. Bad number, but we can't lose tonight. That's the exciting part about it. There you go.
1: All
3: right, some additions today. Yeah, I I agree with what. Uh... Stanford Steve said an hour and 10 minutes ago. I think Michigan might get the total in the game on their own. I'm betting their team total. You can find this. I've bet various numbers. Uh, the best one, my favorite one, is 27.5 over minus 120. You can find this out numbers. 27 all the way up to 28.5 at different juice. Even higher if you want to go with that. But I think 27.5 minus 120 is totally fair in this game. I expect them, you know, four touchdowns sure, or to score three touchdowns, field goals. I think they're going to I just, I I don't think it's going to be competitive. I I don't think Harbaugh is going to be afraid in this game back to score 40 if he can. So give me that team total over. Totally agree with Shernoff. This number now still available at five and a half on the Chiefs. It's six most spots, five and a halves are still out there. I bet it at Circa here. I just, I don't, I mean, this defense is legitimately one of the best in football. Now the Packers are going to take on this unit. I don't think the Lions defense on Thanksgiving day or in general is very good overall. I don't think some of the other teams that they have played are very good. Uh, the Chargers specifically, certainly not very good on defense. This is the, the real deal here, and I'd like the Chiefs uh, to win by at least a touchdown. Uh, pending Michigan early in the year to make the playoffs, plus 115. Good job. Steelers, minus six. I bet that game, again, as a game of the year. It's pretty much the same thing this week. Paul, you know, you bet five and a half. And I'm on the SEC title game, Alabama and Georgia, over 54 in that contest. All right.
2: If you're looking for a betting edge this bowl season, VEASAN experts have you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Intro offer, nine ninety nine. Every play, every host, every guest, the betting splits. The college betting bowl guide. Limited time offer, nine ninety nine. dollars slash subscribe. Here's what it was, Paul. It was a delay a game before the field goal. huh. That
3: cost okay. him the three points in that spot. We it, also missed a couple. We did. We missed a couple of uh, rematches um, on X. Thank you, by the way, for remind, reminding us. Last year, USC and Utah played twice. Utah swept them. Remember the epic game okay, in Salt yep. Lake City? That's right. Came back down here. Las Vegas Bowl got him again. Caleb Williams got hurt. And the other game was K State TCU. I don't they, remember that. They split, and then K State got him in the Big 12 championship game? Okay. That's where we're, we're getting yeah. feedback on yeah, Twitter right now. sounds right. No, no. Okay.
2: Wasn't it TCU Oklahoma State? Okay, I could be wrong. Maybe it's two years ago. You're prob- they're probably right. I can't remember anything. Um, so very good. So uh, I- I'm jealous tonight. Great job by you. Game right in our backyard. ABC's here. Fowler, Herb Street. I really wanted to go last year, but now
3: since I went to the game up in Seattle this year, buddy whose head's Chad? He's going to be. He's coming to town for this one. He actually texted me today. I woke up to a text from our. I responded at 2:30. He got back to me in 10 seconds. He goes, I can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, yeah, this is great.
2: We're in, baby. Pac-12's in, baby.
3: Sure. So he's fired up. And this is how much, this is how, you know, I, I don't get the SEC thing about how when your team doesn't make it, you still root for the other team. Well, it's ridiculous. Chad, it's is embarrassing.
2: Head, th- think about this for one second. Yeah, it's only it's only people that do it in sports. That's it. You know, That's I, I, it. Like Red Sox fans. Come on, Yankees, get it done in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, it's Cubs, exactly right. Cubs rooting for the Cardinals. Giants rooting for the Dodgers. It's it's insanity is you're not what it a sports is. fan you don't root for
3: your rival so i think you'll appreciate this chad graduated obviously he's an alum of UW. he's had season t- tickets to the huskies for almost 20 years his daughter is six i'm busting his balls um uh, last time we saw him up in seattle about like potential colleges that she could go to and i said let me break it down what if she gets the full right offer to oregon cut me off I said there's no chance good for him it will not allow it yep I, he said, I would rather pay the full tuition to go anywhere else. She's not, get, she's not going to Oregon. There's no way, no how I'm allowing that to happen. Yeah. And he hates Oregon. Like the, the Wazoo thing, the Apple Cup, is like a friendly, friendly rivalry up there to, to them. They're all, they all know each other. They work along the, in the same state, whatever. It's not that. The Oregon thing is just forget about it. You cross enemy lines. Hate each other. Close game? I think the 10 is nuts. Can you imagine? The 10 is bonkers. I don't, Oregon The only reason about? why I don't have it in pocket is because I, have, I haven't added more. Because uh-huh. I have Washington plus 350, which I can't. I'm sitting here on a future ticket on the Huskies to win the Pac-12 title game. And they're 12-0 right.
2: and 0, and they're a 10-point dog. Even Are you wor- kidding me? Even worse is your Oklahoma State situation. Now, see, I'm on the opposite. Uh-huh. And this is where I disagree with Brad Powers a little bit. And we love Brad. But I have Texas to win the conference. So I'm gonna maneuver here a little bit. I mean, it's a beautiful situation. I I, 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 mean, I could take six. Well, if you like that side, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have anything prepared? Do we we love we love you, Mikhail. We love you. His last day here, he's our F one guy. You know, we brought him on the air. Uh, yeah. We have an incredible staff. It's so fun to come into work, but also uh it was total pros behind the glass. Great guys. We're gonna get a cabana tomorrow and watch all the games and a little send off to Sergio and Mikhail. So uh, we're oh, gonna we'll miss, miss both, it. man. Yeah, They're awesome. Absolutely, as it's McHale's last day, and he's a pleasure to be around. Always in a good mood, even though we're you know we're getting up, and, and I know we're not we're in the toy department well here, said. but he's always in a great mood and always and a, nice a smile guy, on his face. And he's coming. You got to wake up at midnight
3: every day. So yep, he's not better. He's joining the Air Force. Uh huh. He's happily going into the Air Force as a 24-year-old, making that move. Um, I had
2: the to win total over. Ask him what happened. With the football team.
3: And can you, can you can you dive into that? Can that be like your first special project? <laughs> how, how did the football team not go over eight and a half? That's no, funny because he,
2: he wanted to be like a he wanted to be like M I six type deal with uh maybe FBI or yeah yeah have that too with the little Tom Cruise action going on. I could see sure. it. Well tomorrow should be fun then. Sharp guy. I'm I'm looking forward yeah. to it. It's a great weekend. Oh I just want I want I want Texas Oklahoma State to be I don't want Texas to blow them out. I want some intrigue because I think they've done a bad job here with the schedule. You, got the, you only have the early game. Oh, because that's you the you only the game Mac going on? Game. you got the MAC game and the Texas game. Yeah. Then you have a little bit of a break. Then you have uh SEC title game. you got four games going on at the same time, and then we close strong with it might be Louisville to trying to get in with a third-string quarterback. That'd be helpful. It'd be well, – oh, oh, Louisville has outscored their opponents 97-21 in the first quarter this year.
3: Yeah, we need a – uh, Very for, good. For, for the sake of the uh, playoff, we need a Louisville win. Sorry, Seminole fans. If you miss any of the show, again, you can search Follow the Money wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon. Enjoy it.